Welcome to the Loud Whisper Reignite Your Voice podcast. Your healing space gives you hope and inspiration to be more connected to yourself, to reignite your voice and become the best version of who you are. I am your host, Isabel Tron. I'm a transformational and spiritual coach. See, I believe the most important knowledge one must obtain is the knowledge of self, to know who you are to the core of your being. Get all the inspiration you need, the results you want, and the success you desire with Loud Whisper Reignite Your Voice podcast. So with further ado, I hope you enjoy this episode. Hello and welcome to the Loud Whisper Reignite Your Voice podcast. I am your host, Isabel Drawn. I am excited today, extremely excited to have a special guest with me, my dear friend, Dr. Emma Kate. Emma Kate is a psychologist and a life coach located near Charlotte, North Carolina area. She attended the College of Charleston for undergraduate degree and earned her doctorate at University of South Carolina for school psychology. She is someone who loves meeting others and hearing their story. In her free time, she enjoys learning more about the brain, neuroscience, reading, cooking, and spending time with her friends and family. She believes that changing the way you see your thoughts changes your life. And that is why here at the Loud Whisper Reignite Your Voice podcast, we are very excited to welcome Dr. Emma Kate, my dear friend. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us today. Absolutely. I'm glad to be here. Yeah. So I want to go ahead and jump right in and tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah. So as you already said, I am a psychologist and a life coach, Mm -hmm. and I have been practicing um, as a therapist in the Charlotte, North Carolina area for a while now. And I've kind of had a very non-traditional path with a lot of my education and training. Um, I originally thought I was going to go into test development and then I said, nope, that's not it. Um, and then I got excited about the brain and neuroscience. And so I did some research with that and I thought I would work in the schools and that didn't feel like a good fit. And then I kind of just found that I really enjoy doing therapy and supporting people in that capacity in that role. And so I just decided to say, all right, I'm not going to do testing anymore. I'm not going to help evaluate for ADHD, autism, learning issues, and I'm just going to be a therapist. Okay. Okay. That is amazing. It's always good to be able to work with people, right. And help people change their lives. So I know you talk about the way people see their thoughts changes their lives. So can you uh, expound a little bit on that and go a little bit deeper for us. Yes, absolutely. As to what made you come to that conclusion and uh, your thoughts on that? Yeah. So um, I guess I should share a little bit. I fit kind of the classic trope of the wounded healer. Um, okay. So I have all sorts of things from my past experiences. I love that. The wounded um, healer. Yeah. I, I really do fit that, um, that mold because I've, you know, and goodness, like who doesn't have stuff in their past? Um, <laughs> but so because of that, I was just constantly curious and wanting to learn and be- better understand my experiences. So as part of the, the therapy training background, um, one of the kind of gold stars is cognitive behavior behavioral therapy. And so CBT for short, and that's where you really understand this relationship between your thoughts, your feelings, your behaviors, 
your physical sensations and how all of those things are connected. And so as part of that, I was like, okay, great. So like when I notice I'm having this sad thought or this anxious thought, Mm -hmm. I can talk back to that. Like I can challenge that. I can use logic to say, okay, what's my evidence for this thought? You know, what's my evidence against that thought? And that worked sometimes. And then I realized it didn't always work. And I was still, I was still anxious. Um, you know, I still noticed I was having these sad thoughts and that's when I really started to do more research with acceptance and commitment therapy, which is also Mm. called ACT. Um, and one of the things that really was radical for me was the shift in understanding who I am. Mm, um, I love that because Loud Whisper, you know, podcasts and with everything that I do with the Loud Whisper coaching, my main focus really is people understanding, answering, I call it the most powerful question and the most important question anybody can answer or the most important knowledge anybody can know in this world is to answer the question, who am I? So go ahead. I yes. <laughs> yeah. So, I, I mean, cause really who we are is someone that is completely whole and healthy. Um, we are full of mental health. Mm-hmm. We do not need fixing. There's none of that. And, and so in act, the language that they use is something called the observing self. Okay. And so that the part of ourselves where, you know, if anyone's listening right now, just taking a moment to hit pause and notice any sounds that you can hear outside of my voice. Maybe you can feel and notice the air around you, the temperature, mm-hmm. noticing the difference between the warmth of your skin, where your clothing is present versus exposed skin, mm-hmm. the weight of your body, right? So we all have this ability to observe and notice, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and what's really powerful is that we do that with our thoughts too, But if you were to kind of imagine your fingers and your hands as your thoughts, right, they're kind of right in front of your face all the time. Mm -hmm. That's the thing that's visible, right? We're always seeing our thinking Um, and that's our mind. That's not who we are. Right. But the issue is that sometimes we get really over identified with our thoughts and our thinking, our feeling, our experiences. And so I always tell people, you know, it's, it's not, I am depressed, right? It's I'm noticing I have depression Yes. or I'm noticing a feeling of anxiety because who you are, you are not that thing. Yeah. And, you know, it's, I I love that you bring, I love that you say that because I always tell people that whatever you say after I am, and I know a lot of people have heard this before, whatever you say after I am is exactly, you know, what you are, you're claiming it. So you should not say I am depressed. The moment you say I am depressed, I, even me saying it now, I can feel my body shifting because I'm owning something and claiming something. I do have a question for you. So if one one of my audiences at home right now feeling stuck. Life is not going really well. Mm-hmm. They don't know where to start. Yeah. Our mind, as much as we know that our mind is there to protect us, our yeah. mind is something that it's all about mindset, right? The whole world is saying, talks about mindset, mindset. I always talk about heart set because I believe that no matter how great your mind is, your mind will never comprehend what your heart knows. Yeah. So, yeah. 
so somebody's at home right now feeling stuck. The thoughts are running through. Their mind is playing games on them. They don't know what to do. Life is not going the way it's supposed to be. And sometimes that keeps us in a state of anxiety. You feel like there is no way out. What would you say to somebody right now? How can they start to move forward or even to get some form of relief as far as their thoughts are concerned? Yeah. So I guess first I would say it's really hard to be human. (laughs) And I I laugh because I don't, you know, what else do you do? Right. I mean, life is full of suffering and we know Mm -hmm. that pain is inevitable. It's just part of our humanness, our human experience. You know, I, I guess what I would first say is that you are not your thoughts just because you have a thought doesn't make it true. It also doesn't make it not true, but the reality is our thoughts and our experiences are kind of just showing up, right? Like you could probably think of all the times where you've had something pop into your awareness and you're like, whoa, where did that thought come from? Like, I have no idea why that happened. Right. Mm -hmm. And so the issue is that when we start to feel really sad, we say, oh gosh, like, I don't want to feel that way. Or, or maybe it's inside and we're like, oof, like this is terrible. Like I have got to get relief from this experience. Right. So then it's kind of backwards, but we actually innocently and it's unintentional, but we actually rewire our brain to continue to feel that way by accident. Um, And and so what happens is if you say, Hey brain, I don't want to have this particular thought, this particular feeling, this Mm -hmm. particular experience, then our brain just is doing what all brains do and wants to keep you safe. So it says, okay. So, you know, Isabel said, oops, I don't want to be feeling this way. I need to be on the lookout. Is this that thing? Is that that thing? What about over here? Um, And so we, again, accidentally train our brains into looking and finding and focusing on all the things that we don't actually want to be tuned into. And why is that so? Because conditioning, is it just the way? A little bit. Yeah. It's just the way our brains work, right? Because um, essentially our brains will kind of like red flag something. And there's a very particular part of the brain called the reticular activating system, right? Mm -hmm. So this is the part where if, you know, you're out in a large crowd and someone yells, Isabel, you can hear your name and you're like, okay, wait, somebody just said my name, right? And so it's this, it's essentially the filter, right? And it's taking everything that's not in our conscious awareness. And it's the deciding, the deciding factor to say, okay, do we want Isabel to know about this thing? Is this important? Is this something that, you know, is going to keep her safe, protect her? Is this related to who she is? And so again, when we innocently say, I don't want to feel this thing, then we're actually still giving our attention to those particular neural pathways in the brain. And we're accidentally strengthening those particular pathways of sad thoughts, anxious Mm -hmm. thoughts, nervous Mm -hmm. thoughts. And we don't, we don't mean to, right. But Mm -hmm. even simply the fact of resisting yeah. Right. Of, of saying, oh gosh, this is hard. I don't like this. I don't want to feel this. Let me go distract myself. Yeah. Go do something different instead of just saying, okay, like that's a really, I'm noticing that's an uncomfortable thought. Yeah. Because right? they do say whatever, um, whatever you resist persists. So the more mm-hmm. you resist it, it's like the more, you know, you build through it. I always tell people that for yes. me, what really works for me is 
is breathing as simple as breathing. People don't understand the power of yeah. breathing, taking deep breaths. When you find yourself in that moment of anxiety or you're feeling, you know, depressed or you just don't feel okay. Yes. Take a deep breath. Even when you have to make a huge decision for me nowadays, I'll take a couple of deep breaths just to gain the clarity mm -hmm. because what that ha does to your brain is that it actually calms your brain down. Mm -hmm. right and it kind of opens it up for you to get some form of clarity so yep, uh, yep. and it gets into your to your nervous system too okay. right so yeah. our breath is one of the best ways to kind of hack into the to the nervous system to get our our heart rate to slow down um and and the key with that is you uh -huh. actually you know i there are all sorts of different breathing techniques out there. Yes. One of the best tools that i always tell people is to focus on doing a long slow exhale. Yes. And as long as you are doing that longer exhale than your inhale, that's mm -hmm. going to be the part that will get your body to settle down. Yes. I totally agree. I totally yeah. agree. The slow exhale, it, it yeah. works so well. Most people, yeah. like you say, they have so many breathing techniques, but the simplest one, that is the easy one yeah. because a lot of people don't know this, but people are not breathing. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. And, and yet we're always breathing. But and yet we're always breathing. Yeah. But they're not breathing though. They'll just stop. And it's the same thing as feelings and emotions. So I know you were talking about the brain. So does that apply to our emotions to us suppressing our emotions? Does it have the same effect on our body and our nervous system? I mean, oh man, I could talk and talk and talk about the nervous system with, um, with you, Isabel, because, <laughs> you know, I think what's so fascinating is there's lots of great research that's been coming out. Um, yeah. particularly there's a theory called polyvagal theory that almost, it maps out our nervous system kind of like a ladder. And so when we are able to, to tune into our, our breath and our breathing, right. You know, that's actually going to help us move back up the ladder quote unquote, where at the top of the ladder, um, we are in what's called a ventral vagal state. And that is when we are safe and connected. Okay. Um, we are able to tune into others, um, to ask for support. Um, something scary and stressful happens, but we say, okay, breath. I know how to ask for support. I know what my resources are. I can handle this, right? Mm -hmm. But if that stressor is too much and it kicks us out of kind of like our little window of tolerance for stress, okay. yeah. then we'll move down a ring into what a lot of people are familiar with, not everyone, but that fight or flight response, yes. right? A lot so, of people live that way day yeah. in and day out. I lived it for years. Oh, yeah. I did too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so it's the story of protection, right? Like we are in that particular state to say, okay, something is happening here and I'm having a really hard time with it. And what action can I take to get relief? So am I going to fight this thing or mm -hmm. am I going to run like hell from it? Um, and the, the awful part about it is you can't fight traffic right? No. <laughs> um, you can't fight your boss and keep yeah. your job or your email inbox or all of these kind of modern stressors. And so unfortunately, when we can't take action, right, we're not getting that relief and moving back up into that ventral vagal state, we will go into the bottom of the nervous system ladder, which is called dorsal vagal shutdown, right? Mm -hmm. This is when we're collapsed, right? We, we don't have access to our resources. Yeah. Um, we're kind of tuned out, 
you know, we're spacey, we're tired, we're feeling hopeless. And, and a lot of people are feeling hopeless right yeah, now. Yeah. And, few years, yeah. And I want to really, and I hope this is one thing that people really hear from today is that no matter what you're feeling, it's okay that you're feeling that way, right? Mm-hmm. You may not like it. It yeah. may not be comfortable, but it is literally just an experience that is moving through you, just like the clouds, just like the weather. Your experiences are constantly changing. And so just because you move down, you know, this nervous system ladder, quote unquote, you get in that fight or flight, or you get shut down and maybe you're depressed, you know, you're not going to be stuck there forever. And even then a normal, typical, healthy, well-regulated nervous system moves up and down the ladder multiple times a day. It's like the seasons. I talk about seasons. There's a season, everything changes, right? Yeah. Everything changes. Everything changes. And then again, we innocently, right? Try to um, speed up the change or do something to try to make ourselves feel better. And then unfortunately that kind of just slows our process down a little bit and, and it's, you know, very well-intentioned, but again, sometimes we, sometimes we get in our own way. We really do. We get in our own way a lot. And um, you talked about the feeling. I think for people that are listening today, if, if you could just understand the magnitude of allowing yourself to feel, mm. allowing those emotions, whatever you're feeling to just go through you, it's not comfortable. It's very uncomfortable, mm. but the more you suppress it, that's mm. how we build trauma. Yeah. 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 And we have to do it though. And I think this is important for people to hear, right? Like if you are just like really in the mud and it is extremely uncomfortable, you know, maybe you're on the verge of having a full blown panic attack, right? You think you're going to die. Like I'm having a heart attack. I got to go to the hospital. You know, I don't want people to ever feel like you have to stay in that. Right. Yeah. You know, cause, cause it's okay for you to go distract yourself, go do something different. You don't always have to just sit with these uncomfortable feelings. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's more about how do we kind of dose it just the right amount where we're at the edge of our discomfort, right? Mm -hmm. You know, we're not tipping over to the point where maybe we go into shutdown and the, and the nervous system ladder. Right. Mm -hmm. But it's like, we're just moving just enough to keep going so that we can start to build the energy back up and eventually get connected back to our sense of safety and who we really are. Because movement is important. Motion creates emotion. Yeah. When you move your body, yeah, mm-hmm. then your emotions start to change. And yeah. we don't, yeah, I love that. I yeah. love that. I want to know a little bit about, so before you got into this field, did mm-hmm. you experience a lot of these things that you're talking about today? <laughs> I guess you're the wounded healer. So like, yes, instantly. Um, Yeah. I just, um, I like to tell, I like for my guests to tell a little bit of their story so that people can connect, right. People can understand. Cause the thing about life is that we all want to see the glamour, the glitz and all the good stuff. And I always say, you know, there's a duality in life, there's light and darkness. Mm-hmm. no matter what you do. And everybody, like you said um, earlier on on the podcast, we all have a past and mm-hmm. we've all been through different things. And sometimes people are afraid to live. People are afraid to show up for themselves. 
because of shame, right? Because of what they've been through in life. I was one of them. I tell people that shame was my middle name. Mm. I was Isabel shame drawn because I was so ashamed of my life experiences that the best thing for me to do was kind of play small and hide. So I really like for my um, guests to just talk a little bit, just a snippet about um, your journey. Absolutely. And I know, Isabel, you have heard a little bit more of my story than most. Yeah. And I'll, I'll give everyone the abridged version, <laughs> um, but essentially, so I was adopted and apparently my biological mother, she was also adopted. And so I was a second generation adoption and I got placed with my family when I was about eight weeks old and I was with the foster family for a little bit. And it, you know, I have really great parents and I also had some not great things about parents. And so in a nutshell, it wasn't a great fit with one of my parent figures. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, that was a really hard experience for me without again, oversharing here. It was just, you know, lots of unintentional invalidation parent was more or less coming from their own wounds and not able to provide and meet kind of the needs that, you know, all kids have, right. We all need to feel supported and loved. Um, so I had to do a lot of work on, um, just kind of my parental figures and, and, and that's such a common experience for people, but I also have had some other kind of not great traumas where I, I, I had cancer when I was in college. Mm. Um, and I almost lost my leg. Uh, I had to relearn how to walk Had to have a hip surgery, you know, because of some radiation damage, um, my house burned down at one point and I lost everything I own. Yeah, I remember um, you told me that. Yeah. Yeah. And and just before my house burned down, I had a broken engagement. You know, I was in a six-year relationship with, you know, my one of my first more serious boyfriends um, from college. And so, you know, I, I have literally been through so much. Um, mm-hmm. I feel at a young age compared to most people. But mm-hmm. you know, the reality is though, Isabel, like we all move through really hard stuff. And, and as I said earlier, like life is just full of suffering and it's more about how do you stay grounded and how do you stay connected again to who you really are through all of that. And and so, you know, I'm going to be real. Like I was a hot mess express. Like I was, (laughs) I was a wreck. Like I, you know, and there were times where I actually made really great contact. Like after my cancer, you know, being told I only had a couple of months potentially to live if they did didn't get it. You know, I was totally in denial, but in my mind, I was like, there is no way I'm going to die. Like, I was like, Nope, I got too much to do here. And so, you know, I've had moments where I really kind of glimpsed again, who I am, right. This part of me, that's me. And then I would lose sight of it. And then I get back and, you know, back in my mind chatter and like all caught up in my thoughts, feelings, experiences, and then I would come back. Right. And so it's almost like, you know, I, I would have this winding path where, you know, I get back into alignment and then veer off. Um, but now I don't veer off as much, right. I don't get caught up in my experiences as much. Mm, so, mm. I don't know if that, that answers is, or gives enough background, but um, yeah, that gives it, that's, that's really good. And um, for anybody listening, look where Emma is at today. Your life can change. Yes. Your life can change. Yeah. Yeah. That's why there's seasons. We mm-hmm. all go through them. Mm-hmm. Ask for help, reach out and you're not alone. You know, mm-hmm. you're not alone. Everybody has a story. And everybody has a past. 
And some of our stories made us who we are today. They're not as pretty as others. <laughs> you know, everybody's journey is different. But I just want to reassure you as Emma and I are sitting here talking today, if it's possible for her and it's possible for me, it is definitely possible for you. So do not give up. Keep pushing. Keep going. As Emma said in the beginning, you're not broken. None of us are broken. Mm -mm. We're beautiful and wonderfully made. So don't give up on yourself. And I want to take this opportunity to say thank you so much, my dear friend, Emma, for joining me today. I'm excited for my audience to hear what you had to share. Very important information. And um, I look forward to having you on here again and again and to keep educating, you know, my audience and helping them understand and helping them live, helping them get unstuck, you know, mm -hmm. teaching us how to move forward and how to be able to change our thoughts because everybody talks about mindset, but how is it that we can change our mindset? I focus on the heart set and yes. I'm so blessed yeah. to have you here. Thank you so much for being yes. here. Thank you for having me. This was an honor. Thank you so much. Well, thank you for watching and please subscribe to the Loud Whisper Reignite Your Voice podcast. We're on Apple, Spotify, and all social media links. And please go on the website and join our following. Thank you for listening to the Loud Whisper Reignite Your Voice podcast. If you enjoyed today's show, subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. Please consider leaving a testimonial and review on the different platforms. You can always connect with me through the links in the description of this episode. Thanks again for listening.